Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is Matt Mosley, and we're happy to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. And a reminder, we'll be doing some road work uh, tomorrow. And when I say road work, outside of our normal studio. And we'll be hanging out at the uh, McLennan County uh, Junior Livestock Show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that uh, great, just a great cause, a great event and raises a, a ton of money, and boy, our people in McLennan County and uh, and surrounding areas just love doing that. And uh, the, so the show will come to you from Extraco, all right, out of uh, what a lot of us knew as Heart of Texas, but out there at the Extraco Event Center. And that's, that's going to be, uh, I hope I'm right there. I'll have to see. Tom will, of course, decide, Tom Barfield, where we broadcast from, but I'm hoping it'll be right in the middle of like the show barn, right next to where some of the cells are going to be going down. The big, uh, uh, but I mean, what a what a tremendous cause, and and uh, you know all the all our youngsters that are part of uh, oh FFA and 4H and all those things. Aaron, I don't know if you grew up doing that. I grew up in a country town where those things were really big, so I. I very much appreciate it. I can't say that I always loved those uh, 4-H or the uh, FFA, uh, those uh, jackets they had. It was kind of a corduroy blue, and you'd have all those mm-hmm. patches on there. I kind of like those. Did you ever do any of that, Aaron, or did you did you skip that that part of high school or or uh, you know when when uh, when all that was going on? I did not. Um, of course, I, they didn't have it in the Waco schools, and then I'm but when I moved to Robinson for my junior and senior year, it's big out there. So I was at a school that had it. I, I get it, but I was never you know never really uh, F- F- FFA type, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm a city uh, well. boy. <laughs> <laughs> FFA, do you know, Aaron, what that stands for? Future Farmers of America. You got it. You got it. And then 4-H, and then uh, some good things going on there. I've always felt like when I would kind of hear about the sell of these animals, I always felt bad for my buddies because I felt like when they were sort of, when they had obviously had a hog or whatever and had, watched it and nurtured it seen it grow and all the things you want to happen to one of those types of animals i i would think of it kind of like i thought of my dog or something like that maybe they had bonded but but people that do are involved in this sort of thing maybe have a little bit different mentality and sort of understand what these things are for but i still feel like sometimes you could get a little bit attached to one of these animals because you're taking care of it and you're uh, trying to get it ready. But you know what the sale is about and what's uh, what's going to happen. And uh, so that'll be fun. That'll be a fun time. And then, of course, uh, you'll have the, uh, the Texas game the next morning, and we'll be all over that. 
And Aaron, I think this is a, uh, does that sound right to you, 11 a.m. start? I think I, I saw that. Is that, is that. Does that uh, ring true to you, sir? That is correct. 10.30 pregame okay. right here on ESPN <laughs> Central Texas. I heard that pause for a second. I'm like, oh, no, did I have this wrong? Yeah, I'm just, I love a morning. For some reason, I enjoy the morning basketball game more than I do the 11 a.m. football game. I don't know why that is. I just I just think that's the football. Maybe, Aaron, it's because I was thinking about why do I like that so much more than football? Do you think it has something to do with that for a uh, – for, for an 11 a.m. football game, I'm on the air at 7 a.m. You are, too. Do you think maybe that has something to do with it? <laughs> Probably a little, yeah. Yeah, getting up at about maybe. 5 to get to the station by 5.30. And, uh, might be selfish. All that good stuff. Yeah, it might be a selfish thing, uh, which I, I, I hate to say, but occasionally that happens with me. And so this will be – I think it's going to be a really good game because Baylor – is uh, starting to get things turned around, and last night was proof of that. They needed a big-time performance coming off that Kansas game, and K-State has been playing better. Bruce Weber's had them playing a little bit better, and I thought last night we'll talk and hear a little bit more from Scott Drew later in the program. But Jonathan Chamwachachua, I like how he says it. I think he always kind of says, when I hear Jonathan pronounce it, he'll say Chachua. I like that. But I, everyday John is a lot of people call him. Just he—he just—he was on. He was—he—he he fought harder than anybody else on the court, anybody in that gym. And in the second half, it kind of reminded me of some past Baylor teams, uh, recent past, I should say. That kind of you know took the life out of a building. You're at Bramlage. I think, Aaron, they used to call that place the Octagon of Doom or something. I don't really – doesn't really feel like that to me anymore. Again, I'm not there, but did you see shots of the stands? And I know, Aaron, a lot of times you're listening on the radio and you kind of like enjoying the broadcast that way. But it, for any of our audience that was watching the game, the men play, the, the, the fans, the students at KSU just look like – kind of spaced out I don't know what was going on I thought I, I thought because the other night like the the tech students were unbelievable in that Texas Tech Texas game I thought the University of Texas students were really good the other night in that game over Kansas that they had obviously the Kansas students are already always really hyped there was something weird going on in that arena last night now it may have had to do with what the Bears did to open the half they they came out and it was 34 to 34 at halftime and much like we've seen them do in the past, it's just like, boom, just buried them. It, I mean, it was like 51-36 when you look back up. I think Baylor scored the first 13 points of the half. And it was just – I just loved everything about it because when Baylor the, – the culture of this program is feeds off the defense – and, and everybody, you know, buys into that. Last night was a good example. I think it was Del Bonner checks in, and almost immediately he's the, he's the uh, guy that came in from Division II school. And Fairmont, I think it was. And he turned it over. 
I mean, he's just a just a real loose, wasn't strong with the basketball, turned it over immediately, and I thought, oh, gosh, what's going on here? And by the end of the game, he had played really, really well. Now, I would say of concern-wise, Aaron, you got to get Matthew Meyer going. Meyer has had a little trouble this year adjusting to a larger role where he's out there longer periods of time. One of the things he was able to do in the past is be a energy guy, bring a ton of energy and a, and a ton of offense right off the bench. Now that he's starting, it, it, at times it just it's just not happening. He's obviously got all kinds of skill. He can pass, he can defend, he can shoot, he can post up. There's so many things he can do. But he, he's, he's having trouble right now writing himself within games. We saw recently at the end of a game, he, he turned it on. He was having a bad game. He scored the last nine points. I think nine of Baylor's last 11. So it's still there. I mean, obviously, he's got all the talent in the world. He's having trouble sort of in a Kenjo. Had, had a similar type game against Kansas. But last night, a Kenjo was efficient, took care of the ball, made great passes. James Kinjo at times looks like one of the best point guards in the conference. At times, James is not. So what I'm hoping is that he's kind of turning the corner on this injury. Now, L.J. Cryer, I, they say he's game to game. They say these game time decisions. I don't know. I mean, I, it's he has not played since the 25th. They need him. I, I get the sense maybe, you know, we're going to talk to Coach Jacus tomorrow. The last time we had Coach Jacus on, we were asking about injuries or whatever. I'm trying to think who it was. We were waiting for somebody to come back. And I can't remember if it was – it might have been Sohan. And I think it was the next day Sohan did make it back. I, for some reason, I'm thinking of our conversation with Coach Jacus maybe as a good luck charm type deal. Feel like hopefully L.J. Cryer is getting ready to come back, but Aaron, I, I, you can't obviously you don't want to get to the end of the season and be like, well, we still haven't had our full roster, or all that kind of stuff. I don't I don't like all that talk, but I think what we've seen with the Bears is L.J. Cryer just makes a lot of things easier. Now, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. He's a good defender. That's one. But the main thing is. He's probably your best spot-up shooter on the team right now. Now, Flagler's great. He'll, he'll go into a little funk every once in a while, but he's great. He can knock down open shots. Certainly, uh, I mean, Sohan's showing better and better, and even uh, you're, you're starting to see Kendall Brown shoot it better from out there. But I'm talking about pure spot-up shooting type. Cryer's your guy. He's deadly. Remember how when you saw an open shot for Butler, or and then last year Davion was like this too, a little bit like Teague. Now Teague, something Teague's shot changed a little bit last year, and I never did quite understand it. I mean, I don't question it because they won a national title, but it got a little funky, even funkier. But there was a feeling in his first year at Baylor, first year get to play, that when he was open. There was he it was like shooting a free throw for him, and I Cryer kind of brings some of that to the table. 
All right. Now, Aaron, let's do our – at 420, we do have a big show planned for you today. We've got some midway talks. Uh, coach Shane Anderson's going to be on with us. The uh, midway coach talk about their new uh, district, the realignment, you know, all of those things, kind of analyze. I like uh, – love talking about when I see a schedule. I saw that schedule going out there yesterday. Oh, I guess it was yesterday that was floating around. And I, and I kind of got excited thinking about, oh, man, okay, let's look at this schedule. Let's see who they have. Uh, they got the uh, they got Permian involved. I think, um, oh, Heath. I think Rockwell Heath is on that schedule. There was just some, na- some things I, I love thinking about football schedules and that kind of thing. So we'll have some, some good high school talk with uh, Midway's coach. Uh, Shane will be with us at 5 o'clock today. And then um, – We've got the we've got the Baylor golf coach. Baylor's getting ready to start to start its golf season, and so that's kind of an exciting thing going on. They've got a really talented. It's a good mix of of some veterans and some some really young players, and so Mike McGraw is going to join us coming up here at 4:20. But right now, we need to do our our big trivia contest. Schmaltz's one of the great sandwiches in Central Texas. One of my favorite sandwiches in the state of Texas. I get the schmaltz, the schmaltz, and then I get the, uh, I get some potato salad with it, and I'll get some chips. They have some sun chips I like. Actually, I like those salt and vinegar chips that they they uh, they have some of those too, and and then get an iced tea, and you're really set if you go over to schmaltz's. If you win this contest, you get two free sandwiches. All right, that's two coupons for free sandwiches. And so when you when you guess, go ahead and include your name, and then we'll kind of text you and let you know how to get them. But we'll just kind of we'll let you come by the station, pick up your, uh, and and we've got uh, Aaron does a great job of kind of policing all that and monitoring the winners of uh, of the contest. All right, here's trivia contest. I'm going to make this easy. Baylor plays Texas on Saturday. In the Tom Pender's days, Texas had three. Unbelievable guards. All right, guys, whoever gets this, you need to be quick. I don't want Google because y'all should know this. People of a certain vintage should know this one. They had a nickname, these three guards. It was BMW. BMW. I'll give you, I'm not even going to, you don't even have to say the first and last names. You just give me, you can even just give me the last names. BMW. Like the vehicle, vehicle. That's where the um, that's where the name came from, and these three guards were awesome. Every one of them. It, it was uh, it was a time when University of Texas still brought in great guards. This was in the Tom Penders era, and the number you dial is excuse me, not dial. Why don't you just text? Let's do this. Use the uh, the our our CNC Collision Center text line for this. First uh, first correct answer wins again. The University of Texas had some guards. They went by the nickname BMW. What did BMW stand for? Uh, first uh, first uh, uh, correct answer, you win two free sandwiches, the Schmaltzes. Nelson Ruse, the owner, good friend, and a big-time listener of this program. Again, that's 254-662-1660. Is the number all right, Aaron? Are they are they firing away yet? Or are we? Because uh, sometimes they'll come in 
fast and furiously. And occasionally somebody that has my cell phone will, will like, guess. But that does not count. You, sh- you cannot win by using my cell phone. Yes, right? we, I, uh, I believe we have a winner oh, already. We had, we have we a, had a couple of correct answers. Uh, oh, good. Not yet. Um, not yet. Okay, we, Just we do texting. have winners. We have uh, winners Rudy coming Sosa in. is our winner. Oh, oh, say it again. Rudy Sosa. Rudy. Rudy Sosa. guess that it stood for Blanks, Mays, Wright. Lance Blanks, Joey, Wright, and, of course, Travis Mays is the answer. In fact, I once got to play a round of golf with none other than, uh, than uh, Travis Mays at Mill Creek in Salado. And Travis Mays ended up as the head women's basketball coach at SMU, of all places. Did not end well there, I should say. I think uh, Travis was a little bit uh, on the demanding side, but my goodness, could he play. Lance Blanks, who you can hear calling games now in the Big 12, uh, Joey Wright, and Travis Mays. And that, there was an era when Texas just had great guards. And for whatever reason, they don't have tremendous guards these days they haven't in a while all right it is time we're going to talk some golf all our golfers gather around the Baylor spring season what is it February yeah I guess it's a, it's coming up spring's not too far away the uh, the season is getting ready to start in fact I believe it's Monday is that uh, first tournament and we'll talk to head Baylor golf coach Mike McGraw next this is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly clear skies tonight with lows falling to 41 degrees. Tomorrow, a beautiful Friday. Mostly sunny, very warm. Highs topping out at 77. And then a strong cold front moves through on Saturday. That means we'll see a mix of sun and clouds. Very windy conditions and highs in the lower 50s. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Nikki Collin and Baylor women's basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women back home in the Farrell Center Saturday hosting West Virginia. 4.30 for the countdown to tip-off. It's a 5 p.m. tip-off Saturday for Baylor West Virginia. This season, join Derek Smith and Sophia Young-Malcolm for Baylor women's basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? 
Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. This is ESPN Central Texas. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, DMRA Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. DMRA Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Jeremy Giambi, former Oakland Athletic, died at his parents' house in Southern California. Giambi was 47 years old. The NFL will host a regular season game in Munich, Germany next season for the first time in its history. The NFL will have five NFL games this season played internationally. Three games played in London, one in Mexico, and now one in Germany. Number 10, Baylor got back on track on the road, beating Kansas State 75-60. The Bears will be at home on Saturday, hosting Texas with a 11 a.m. tip. Number 10 Baylor women got some revenge blowing out K-State 95-50. to The Bears will be the late game in a doubleheader at the Farrell Center on Saturday. That game against West Virginia tips at 5 o'clock. UMHB men's and women's basketball on the road today at Howard Payne. Women tip at 5.30. Men tip at 7.30. Sports Center. Every 20 minutes. Only on ESPN Central Texas. Mosley show coming to you on a Thursday afternoon. Weather's beautiful. Get out, play some golf, play some tennis. I've been on a tennis kick lately, but I also love to get out there on the golf course. The Baylor men's golf team is 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 ready to roll, and uh, I know they uh, have thawed out after that uh, winter event that we had. And Mike McGraw, the Baylor men's golf coach, is joining us at this very moment. And uh, Mike, are you? Um, the the Billy uh, the Billy Williams Center out there. Uh, I just cannot imagine a better day to be out working on the game a little bit, and then of course uh, tomorrow, 
I've, I've seen temperatures as high as 74 degrees. Um, it's, um, it's a strange time of year, isn't it, to be in, uh, to be in Texas, weather-wise? <laughs> well, you know, you can call it a strange time of year, Matt, but, uh, you know, I'm from northern Oklahoma originally, and that weather event you talked about that we had last week was pretty much the norm in December, January, February, so <laughs> I'm pretty okay with our weather here. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, you're okay batting down the hatches every once in a while. I bet you like to... I bet you have uh, one of those, you know, like a four-wheel drive or something. Uh, nothing can uh, sideline you. Uh, now, you've got the, um, got the tournament uh, coming up. It's right here. In fact, um, February 14th and 15th, I think I have that down as Monday and Tuesday, the uh, Laredo. The, and I always like this, the Border Olympics. This has been – this tournament – uh, I think I feel like you're a great uh, a golf historian, and you like things that have been around for a little while. I feel like I've been hearing about the Border Olympics for years. Does this one go back a ways? Yes, the Border Olympics is the oldest continuous running college golf tournament in history. Uh, so it's the oldest college golf tournament in the United States. It, it had one year where they didn't play, and that was the pandemic year, so 2020. Mm-hmm. But uh, aside from that, it's played every year since about 1950. So uh, all the best players in college golf over time have played in this event. Um, you know, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful event, and the town gets around it. They really do. They have a lot of volunteers, and uh, they've got their famous cook shack. So they cook uh, fajitas and, uh, yeah, I guess, basically fajitas and tortillas, Um all day long on the 36 whole days you you can eat anytime you want it's fantastic wow now you're making me think about uh, i may have to explain to my wife cannot be there valentines are your uh are, are your players that have girlfriends are they okay with this i mean you think they can i guess they'll just have to uh, you know either celebrate early or celebrate late um have you addressed this with your players well, I've actually been a good example for them. I've already taken my wife out for her Valentine's dinner. So uh, I was preemptive, and, you know, I'm in good shape. I don't know about my guys. I don't know if they're as experienced, wise, old sage like I am. You know, I've, I, I got that taken care of, which was smart on my part. That They, I don't know have, if they've accomplished that. <laughs> Where is, do you have a go-to spot for, uh, for special uh, romantic uh, – uh, events like just this, uh, do you have a go-to spot in Central Texas? Well, my wife and I like 135 Prime, really nice, uh, just a very relaxing steakhouse and really good food, so that's a good spot. So, 135 Prime, okay, good. Good to, good to know about these things. Um, and talking to Mike McGraw as uh, Baylor gets ready to play in the Border Olympics, what about um, this particular uh, – Tell me a little bit about Laredo Country Club, the um, the the course and everything. I mean, I, I always am interested in the layouts. I came and I, I saw y'all at the one in Carrollton. That was an interesting one uh, for sure. All of these things test you in different ways. What what do you what what does this particular layout do for you uh, early in a season like this? And and what particular what, what what's what are the biggest challenges? Well, I, I think the greens are the biggest challenge. They were redone two years ago, 
and they have a lot of movement. And so the green complexes are really challenging. And if you get in the wrong section of a green, it's pretty easy to three putt. So um, you just have to be careful that when you're approaching the green that you know where you want to leave the ball to give your best chance to make a par. But you can put the accelerator on and make a lot of birdies. There's uh, three very reachable par fives that, you know, you should birdie at least two of those, but maybe all three of them. Uh, very reachable. There's a couple. There's a drivable par four. A couple of really good par threes that are tough, but you know it's got green complexes that are challenging. The uh, and probably three tee shots that are uncomfortable. You know you kind of look up there and there's out of bounds right and a water hazard down the left side and you kind of have to. You need to just commit, which is great. And but not. I wouldn't call it. If the wind doesn't blow, I would say you should shoot a very good score down there. The wind doesn't blow, and I'm trying to think what the wind normally, we don't usually uh, get that in Texas where the wind doesn't blow, but perhaps it won't be <laughs> that uh, that significant. And uh, that's that's interesting, that much movement on the greens. Now, you have some really good putters, some guys with short games and all. What have you, since we last talked, um, have you, you know, I'm always fascinated. Golf already had like a portal. It, it's interesting because I feel like, the rest of the world has learned about the transfer portal. And, and as mm-hmm. I remember years and years ago, I'm talking about 15, 20 years ago, there used to be rules within golf where a guy could play someplace like in the fall and he could be at another school in the spring. There were different rules with college golf. What are we seeing now with, with, um, with, with the transfer portal? Is it, is it kind of business as usual since you've seen this in the past, or is it even more than it used to be? It's probably more than it used to be. There, there's definitely mm-hmm. more movement. It's a lot easier for guys that aren't in the best situation to be able to move to another situation, if you will. Uh, you know, it's funny you should say play for one team in the fall and play for another team in the spring. I mean, that's actually happened. A guy has, has played for one team in the fall, and then in the spring he got an immediate transfer, and I think he played and played really, really well for another team in the spring. We've had guys enter mid-year and win the national championship individually so but i literally um i i literally try everything i can to not have transfers i don't want guys transferring away from baylor and we still haven't had one uh that i recruited that we've that's transferred away so i love i love that they stay here they're committed to it and but the transfer portal i guess is is a needed avenue for a lot of people who don't get the right situation to begin with um, so, and it's a reality. It's the world we live in. That's interesting. What do you um, What do you attribute it most to? Is it just the honesty, the the, the environment at Baylor? Like, what do you, you know? The fact that because I'm sure there are sometimes parents and kids who who think they should be playing more, or they don't like the mm-hmm. spot they are in the lineup. How do you How do you prevent the, the transfers? Because I would I would think, like you say, that uh, um, be, there be you know golf is is home to a lot of temperamental type uh, folks and it's it's people that are highly hyper competitive and also people usually that have parents heavily heavily involved what do you attribute to to not having any of those transfers well i will say this i truly fight for relationships i think they're important i think it's important to uh you know when you look at a player that you don't just look at him as a production unit so when you personalize it and humanize it, they're a human being, not, not a golf score. So there's, there's number one. Number two, if you do a good enough job in recruiting, 
hopefully you can vet out the people that wouldn't fit your philosophy or your type of coaching or your style of coaching or even with the players you have on the team. So you try to get uh, kids that are somewhat like-minded. You know, the last five years, all five players in the lineup, the last five years in postseason for Baylor have been Texas-grown kids. So there's another reason that I think we have less transfers is the kids are near home, most of them. Um, and so, but I, I just don't believe in a transfer. It feels like a divorce to me. I, I don't love that. I want to go the other way. I want to figure out a way where we can work it out so you can finish what you started here and, you know, I'm committed to them. So, but it's a reality we live in. There's probably going to be more transfers in the future than there've ever been. All right. Talking to Mike McGraw about Baylor golf and uh, the, the border Olympics coming up. How important it is you, are, are you still in that mode of, of just every, you know, very, very competitive, you know, guys are fighting for different spots or are you already feel like you're settling into um, a lineup, like for instance, going into this tournament, have you told the guys what they're going to play? Have you already had to like turn in a lineup? I, 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 uh, I should know this, but I forget like how early you have to submit something like that. It's different for every tournament. I mean, if you, if you have two weeks in between tournaments, you do a lot of qualifying. If you have four days in between tournaments, you don't do very uh -huh. much qualifying. Uh, we had, five rounds of qualifying and four guys, the top four earned a spot to travel. And then we're going to get the, we had two more rounds to get the additional person, the fifth guy, and then two individuals that are going to be playing that won't be shooting, you know, for the team score, but they will be playing in the tournament. So we had five rounds and we played two more. So we now have our lineup set. I'm going to actually text that to the coach at uh, the border Olympics tonight. And, you know, he'll know our lineup. So in this case, it's about three days before the tournament. Right, would you like to announce that lineup here on the Matt Mosley show? I could do that. Uh, I could okay. say the first top four. We don't know right. out of those other three that are traveling. We haven't picked that fifth guy. But um, our number one guy will be Johnny Kiefer. Number two will be Mark Reppy. Both of them have had a lot of playing time in the past. Number mm -hmm. three will be Trey Bosco who's a state amateur champion here in Texas and a sophomore on the team. And number four will be a freshman named Drew Wrightson from Indiana. So we've got those four and then three others that will be traveling. Okay. I like that. I saw Drew a little bit at the, uh, what is it, the Honors Club, the uh, uh, out there used to be what we called it Colombian or something. But, Merido. Uh, that was, Merido. Yeah, Merido. Merido. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it all the other things like it's been in the past. But, yeah, Merido. Uh, that was fun because that game that was on uh, that was televised. Uh, that has to be cool, by the way. The Golf Channel doing more and more of these, and um, in 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 you know the players getting featured in in that way. Now, has has Johnny? It really seemed like he was embracing last time. I kind of ran across him and was watching him. The 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 leadership type role on the team. Um, he you know, he's been around for a little bit. I, I you know he, he was such he was so good so early. We, you still kind of think of him as extremely young. Has he? Has it become more and more natural for him to to be uh, to to be pretty vocal and a, and, a, and, a, and a good leader on this team? Johnny's a fantastic leader. I wouldn't say vocally as much. He's got mm -hmm. a great smile, great personality. He's easy to get along with. Uh, so he does all the right things from that standpoint. But he's not a rah rah guy all the time. Uh, he leads by example. He works out as hard as anybody on the team. He practices. He works with purpose. 
He eats the right foods. He trains hard. I mean, he works out hard in the weight room on his own, um, aside from what we do. So Johnny does a lot. He's a great leader. But then, again, Mark Reppy, who's been a fifth-year senior this year, has done an amazing job of leading. And uh, he's done it as well, not so much vocally as just getting in the weight room, uh, working, training. So I think they've both been really good leaders uh, to show these other guys, you know, this is kind of what we need to do to become the team we want to be. And so I'm real happy with both of them, the way they've led. Yeah, it's a uh, it's really interesting. You know, that even I was even a little surprised when I didn't hear a couple of names because you got, you know, one particular guy that I remember kind of as a grinder. You've obviously got the younger brother of, of, a, of a, a famous Baylor golf family. And so, um, like you say, I guess it's a good problem to have is depth. And, and, and you know, I, I would say you wouldn't mind churning the, the, some of these spots a little bit and having guys, you know, fight for spots and everything. Remind me on uh, Trey Bosco. I, I, like you say, he won the amateur, obviously a big-time competitor. What, uh, what's, kind of the, what's kind of the strength of Trey's game? If I remember, you know, he was really – that might have been one of those weeks he was kind of up and down, obviously very, very capable of going low – but he was at the time he was having a little bit of trouble with the consistency. Has he maybe uh, been more consistent in in being able, at least for this tournament, to be in that third spot? I think Trey's had an incredible off season. Uh, he's gotten stronger. He's worked on. I think I haven't seen a junior golfer who was sort of an average putter develop himself uh-huh. into what I would con- consider an elite putter. I mean, he's a great putter now. And just two years ago, I would say he was very just kind of average, just okay. So he's worked very hard in that area of the game. He's he's, a, he's an excellent putter, and and he's the best quality he has is he's a competitor. So you if you threw him down in the middle of a UFC ring, I mean, I think he's got a chance. He's <laughs> he's pretty tough. He's a <laughs> tough competitor. He competes hard. Your best MMA guy, I like that. Bosco would yeah. would do would would uh, would do that. Well, this is uh, this is a lot of fun, and and I can't uh, I can't wait to kind of start tracking the progress and, and all of that. What is um, Johnny? I was just look, trying to look it up as we were coming on um, from a ranking standpoint right now. I mean, obviously he's considered one of the most talented guys in the conference. Um, is is he? Some of those like world junior, not junior. It's obviously it's more of a college golf ranking. Where have you seen him in some of those recent rankings? I think he's ranked about 60th in college golf right now. Okay. Um, I think it's a little misleading. So I think he's better than that. Yes, but uh-huh. um, certainly just a couple of good finishes and you'd be in the top 25. So you know he's he's a, a pretty highly ranked player. He's certainly got potential. And uh, again just doing a great job of being a Baylor bear. And, you know, he does a great job in the classroom. I think that's one thing that gets a little bit overlooked is our guys, you know, they compete hard to try to win tournaments, but we had a 3.55 in the fall. I'm really, really proud of it. That's for 10 guys. So they, they're working hard in the classroom. And that's something I'm really, really um, impressed by more and more every year as time goes by. Wow, that is nice. I don't know if I ever saw a three-five-five uh, during my time at Baylor, so I think that's, uh, I think that's uh, good. Although I did change my major at some point, and it was able to boost it. Uh, the Castellaw School of Communications was a little. I finally figured out that was the place for me. 
later in my time there. Is Kiefer going with a clean cut, uh, kind of that milk and cookies look right now, or is he let it grow, grow out a little bit? Very clean cut. You'd think he was in the military right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll, uh, we'll listen. Um, we'll be monitoring things from afar. And uh, good luck out there. It's going to be a fun season. The men's and women's programs at Baylor are just immensely uh, talented and, and some, like, as you said, some really good young people. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Mike, I appreciate it. What's your next guest? Are you still uh, – what's your next podcast guest, by the way? When's the, when's the next one? Uh, my out? next podcast guest is, is this Monday. We, we drop a podcast every Monday, and it will be – who is it? I can't. I've got three or four in the tank right now that I've done this past week. I don't know which one we're going to drop on Monday, but I've got one that's a, a theme, and then I've got another that's a coach and another that's a, a tour player. So I don't know which one we'll drop next. Yeah, yeah. Well, one kid that just uh, you probably recruited just won the uh, Pebble Beach, so maybe uh, you could probably give Tom a call. Uh, where, did he, where did he come out of California, or where did TCU recruit him from? You know, uh, I think he was from up north. Um, okay. He obviously, was a good player. He played in the mid 2000s till about 2010 or 11. Really good player, yeah. and he's obviously. There's a funny interview of Tiger Woods this week, where about four or five years ago, when he he said, "Do you know who Tom Hoagie is? He's your playing partner, Bar." And Tom said, or Tiger said, "I have no idea who he is." So, <laughs> and he knows me. <laughs> yeah, he does. And uh, Spieth said he learned a few things about him playing some craps or, or something, maybe at the poker table. Uh, felt like that, that Tom is not a guy who would uh, back down. And uh, he got a good read on Hogue uh, doing a little gambling there. All right, Mike, great to visit with you, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks so much, Matt. You bet. There he goes. Mike McGraw does a tremendous job, the Baylor golf coach. And uh, the uh, the Bears get going on Monday and Tuesday at uh, Laredo, Texas, and Laredo Country Club. And then the women have a uh, about two weeks, about a week and a half away, the uh, Baylor women get going. And they should be literally a top five type uh, uh, program heading into, uh, heading into this season. All right. It is uh, the Matt Mosley Show. Campus Confidential is next. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. I'm not saying he hasn't been critical of coaches at times, but for him to be that overt, you know, saying it's a pet peeve, it seems to be almost a direct reaction to what Mike McCarthy was saying the other day. Like, hey, we're going to work on this in the offseason. Oh, this is going to be something we did get done. Well, he didn't like hearing that. Jerry didn't. And he was pretty direct with it. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Josh Tetons, and I'm running to be your district attorney here in McLennan County. I'm a proud graduate of both Baylor University and Baylor Law School, a dad, a husband, and a member of Glory Bell Church in Waco. You will always know where I stand on the issues. I oppose defunding the police and support law enforcement. That's why I'm proud to be endorsed by Sheriff Parnell McNamara, the Waco Police Association, and the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County. My 15 years as a criminal defense attorney have given me the experience necessary to protect and defend our cherished Constitution from the radical liberals who want to destroy it. The most important job in my life is being a father of three and a devoted husband. Just like you, I want safer streets for my kids to play on, hardened criminals to be locked up, and drugs to be taken off our streets. It's time we do better. It's time we support law enforcement. 
I'm Josh Tetons, candidate for McLennan County District Attorney, and I approve this message because it's time for a change. Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving originally inspired Texas-style craft drinks, offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Baylor Sports Beat, weekdays at 7.55 a.m. and 5.25 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. And a lot of people, when they come in, they'll say, I'm usually much more active, but since I've been in pain, I've had to limit the activities I'm doing. You're listening to Janelle, an arch support specialist at the Good Feet Store. The next step is getting them in the right arch supports. After walking around with the arch supports, they'll feel much freer and lighter. Our goal is to have that long-term change for them to make sure that they're continuing to notice a difference in their life. Try them for yourself with a free fitting at the Good Feet Store. Good Feet Waco in Central Texas Marketplace across from Lazy Boy. This is your 54th District Judge, Susan Kelly. Appointed to the court by Governor Greg Abbott, I've worked hard to manage and move the docket even during COVID. Board certified in criminal law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and past president of the Waco Bar Association, you can be sure I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. Early voting starts February 14th, so be my valentine and vote for justice. Keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from McLennan County Judge Campaign. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Jeremy Giambi, former Oakland Athletic, died at his parents' house in Southern California. Giambi was 47 years old. The NFL will host a regular season game in Munich, Germany next season for the first time in its history. The NFL will have five NFL games this season played internationally. Three games played in London, one in Mexico, and now one in Germany. Number 10, Baylor got back on track on the road, beating Kansas State 75-60. The Bears will be at home on Saturday, hosting Texas with 11 a.m. tip. Number 10 Bader women got some revenge blowing out K-State 95 to 50. The Bears will be the late game in a doubleheader at the Farrell Center on Saturday. That game against West Virginia tips at 5 o'clock. UMHB men's and women's basketball on the road today at Howard Payne. Women tip at 5.30. Men tip at 7.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. 
Mosley, and uh, we'll get ready to talk some college. A reminder, we've got some uh, high school football coming up. Head football coach at Midway going to join us at uh, 5 o'clock, and Shane Anderson will get us caught up on what's going on with the realignment, the new district, and how things look as, at their off season. And uh, we can get uh, heavily involved in a little high school talk. Uh, but right now, let's talk some college athletics. And to do so, let's turn it over to Aaron Sexton. The Auburn football saga continues amid an investigation into football coach Brian Harson. Auburn University has implemented a new policy stating that employees can be fired for not cooperating with an investigation or review. The new policy, which went into effect on Tuesday, states that violations may result in disciplinary action up to and including termination. It was titled the Employee Duty to Cooperate policy. The university is looking into the football program, which has lost 18 players and five assistant coaches since the end of Harson's first season. The, fe- the defections came after the Tigers lost their final five games and finished with a 6-7 and seven record. Auburn football is a dumpster fire. And in another article, kind of behind the scenes, um, they were saying that uh, a bunch of big boosters didn't want Harson in the first place, that they wanted Kevin Steele, who was named the interim coach after Gus Malzahn was fired, to be the permanent replacement, which is why you don't let boosters dictate who becomes the head of the coach because, well, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, it looked to me like, and they've been, by the way, Auburn's been having that problem for years, and a lot of schools, especially the SEC, have it because there's no clear uh, delineation from between the boosters, the AD, the, the, the school president. Nobody knows who has the most power, and it generally ends up being the person, the people that have the most money. That's how they've had some of those weird situations where they're meeting with the coach, why Tuberville still the head coach. Then they, I think Tuberville kept his job that one year, and they went 13-0. and Of course, they were on probation at the time. But that first thing you were talking about, Aaron, intrigued me because it's like they've, they've tried to ramp up and, and, and get a, like a new clause involved in, in some of their policies to basically set the stage for uh, firing Brian Harson for cause, uh, and and so that that's the thought on this. And today, of course, they had these uh, SEC meetings, and you could see you saw Jimbo arrive, Saban arrive, <laughs> uh, somebody arrived. I think I texted you this. Uh, you Kirby, know, Kirby Smart Kirby? and Jimbo yeah. arrived almost simultaneously. Yeah, but Kirby was get, got out of a minivan. And, and then um, I think the, it was a really nice uh, Audi is what Jimbo got out of, and people were having a little fun with that. And what if he got one of the they recruits had a, driving? Yeah, exactly. And they had the picture of, of Harson kind of going in the back door there and had a picture from behind. They're like, you can't really see his face, but that's Brian Harson entering the SEC coaches meeting. So that's um, the SEC headquarters. Which, where are those? Aaron, is that like they always have their meetings in Hoover, Alabama? I always thought the headquarters were just wherever Saban said they were. Birmingham from year to is year. where they're having the meeting. Oh, this well, year. yeah, okay. Well, that may be where the, uh, where the, S- the SEC is based. That yeah. sounds about right. Any place uh, close to Saban <laughs> in Alabama is probably, uh, is probably what they want. So that is a mess. And. 
uh, you know, but, but, but when you go hire a coach from Boise State to go to the SEC, I mean, sometimes you do have to think things through. That's a different – it's not that he's not a good football coach. But sometimes you can just have, like, a weird fit. And Brian Harson to Auburn always, like, never felt right. You know, if they had hired Muschamp for the eighth time in the SEC, you'd be like, well, yeah, Muschamp. He just bounces around everywhere in the SEC. There are just certain people that sound like SEC people. Harson never did. Harson, by the way, used to be at the University of Texas, went to Arkansas State, and then went to Boise State. All right, uh, Aaron, what else do you have for us, sir? The College Athletes Advocacy Group filed a labor complaint Tuesday afternoon asserting that federal government should view all FBS-level football players and Division I men and women's basketball players as employees of the school. The National College Players Association submitted its claim to the Los Angeles-based regional office of the National Labor Relations Board. It names USC, UCLA, the Pac-12 Conference, and the NCAA as employers who are unfairly restricting the rights of their employees, college athletes. If the complaint is successful at the end of the process that often takes many months, sometimes years to complete, every college athlete in the NCAA's three most profitable sports would be considered an employee of their school. Okay. Um, it's, it's just the, pro- the thing is I like all the player empowerment in but all of this, like this new I – was, I was seeing about this, Aaron. I mean, it's going to confuse the issue. You finally get these NIL rules in place, and now you're going to try to get the players to be employees. I mean, you can so, – I mean, I, I'm all for progress in this area, but there's got to be some organization and somebody leading this thing that, that tries to get things as best as possible. And what, what you can't have is the NIL stuff to somehow, like, get trumped by, by the players being, empl- you know, employees at the school i mean then you get it just gets strange i mean there's always there's always been like jobs people can have while at college you're working in the cafeteria whatever signing up you know working for trying to like a work study or not not work study you know what i'm saying those programs where you can work and knock some money off your tuition and all that but but this is going to get really murky and that's part of the reason why you, you, you heard Mac Rhodes say the other day when he was on with us is, you know, they're hoping either the NCAA or Congress would get involved and kind of like make some rules about this NIL because right now it feels like the Wild West. And that's what they always do. I mean, everybody in college athletics is like, this is okay, this isn't working. So we need the NCAA to do something. When the NCAA, we know they can't get anything done. So, hey, we need Congress to get involved. Well, Aaron, I don't want to shock you, but Congress doesn't always get things done, <laughs> although our buddy Pete Sessions our buddy Pete Sessions does get things done. Pete's out there listening right now, big listener of the show, and he's got a, uh, he's got a uh, uh, election coming up uh, here pretty, pretty soon, a primary. Uh, but, Aaron, what else do you have, by the way? How do you want to finish today before well, we get to some – High school football. We'll finish off talking about Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett, who was uh, who Ooh. just recently played in the Senior Bowl. He has a problem, Matt. It's not substance abuse. It's not PEDs. It's not legal problems, but it could still cost him millions of dollars. His problem is he has small hands. 
at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> I like how you he did elected all that. not to have his throwing hand measured as part of the senior bowl weigh-in, saying he will improve his hand mobility through stretches ahead of this month's NFL scouting combine, where he will get an official measurement then. So he would not let them measure his hands at the senior bowl until he uh, does some things to make his hand bigger, apparently. And but uh, all joking aside, uh, it is a big deal to NFL scouts because they consider small hands a detriment. Two uh, quarterbacks, you know, you have to be able to grip the ball, obviously. Not that he can't. He's shown it in college. But uh, there's uh, mountains of statistics that show you have to have a certain size hand to be at a certain level in the NFL. It's kind of actually kind of amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, the truth is, it, it, with, uh, with especially in weather, you, I mean, I could see why you need a I – mean, Aikman had a – Big hand, but I, I think Aikman used to have a little trouble in the rain. Did not like a wet ball. Now, no quarterback loves that, but some quarterbacks function better. Josh Allen seems to function extremely well in cold weather. All those years, Brady did. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, small-handed quarterbacks. People were concerned maybe about John uh, Johnny Manziel, but uh, Manziel ended up having pretty big uh, hands. He just had a lot of other issues. Interesting hand size. I mean, I didn't know I would have tried to get better hand measurements if I'd known I could do some exercises to make the hands bigger. Is it too late in life, um, Aaron, for us to have bigger hands? I was thinking the same thing. I, yeah. If it works for him, I may try him out. I'm going to give it a look. I'm going <laughs> to give it a look. All right, that is Campus Confidential. Now let's uh, visit with Midway. Head football coach Shane Anderson as we kind of get ready and uh, talk to him about that new district. We'll do that next. ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM, 92.3 FM, and 100.9 FM. America's at a crossroad, and Texans have answers. The Democratic Party defames law enforcement and defunds police, and that's created a nationwide crime crisis. Right now is the time to stand against the Biden-Pelosi tyrannical agenda. They're crushing the rule of law and the Second Amendment. Hello, I'm Congressman Pete Sessions representing the 17th Congressional District of Texas. I will be on your ballot this March 1st as your conservative Republican congressman. I'm a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association and won their endorsement along with the Texas State Rifle Association. With your help, the Republican Party will regain the majority in Congress and reclaim the rule of law. I'm Pete Sessions, and I approve this message. Political advertisement paid for by Pete Sessions for Congress. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254 710 Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. 
Tickets and sponsorships are now available for the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet presented by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. The class of 2022 includes Bob Beeman, Chris Bosch, Robert Griffin III, Tony Parker, Carly Patterson, Mike Renfro, Susie Snyder-Eppers, and Stacey Sakura. Meet this year's inductee class on Saturday, March 12th in the base at Extraco Event Center in Waco. To purchase tickets, please visit tshof.org or call 254-756-1633. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's BBQ and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include one meat plate with two sides for only $7.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday, and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show. Thank you to all those fine sponsors. And uh, we go out to Midway High School right now. Shane Anderson joining us. And uh, Shane, uh, it's... uh, it's. I know this realignment is always exciting and interesting to find out. You like gathering with other coaches and administrators. And then, of course, it happens during uh, a weather event. <laughs> did you uh, – were you able to at least be at the, the office? And, and how did uh, – was it a little different experience this time around? Well, it was definitely a different experience. Uh, we were, you know, not able to get to the office, uh, you know, last Thursday morning. So mm-hmm. you know, I was here with the wife and kids at home with a with a cup of coffee, just anxiously <laughs> awaiting, you know, uh, that nine o'clock hour. And then, uh, you know, it hit, and then the, the the UIL website wouldn't refresh and wouldn't come <laughs> up. And, and you know, the first I saw of our new realignment, our new district was on the TV. Uh, Dave Campbell's had their show on, and they were they were running it at the bottom and. And it, and it popped up there first, you know, about 9.02. So that's when I first saw it. But it was definitely different not being at the service center with all the coaches. Yeah, and, and as you started, to, you finally saw it come across and started to digest what this was going to look like, what were your initial uh, – what was your initial reaction? Any – what was the – what was maybe the one or two that surprised you the most? Was there anything in, in your district? And had you been – you know, a lot of times you all kind of have a feeling – which way this is leaning or which way this is headed. Were there any surprises to you as you, uh, as you kind of found out who you were going to be playing over these next couple of years? You know, no surprises. You know, we, uh, 
we had heard rumblings that we were going to head back south. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, nobody's a dummy. Uh, we've been in a very, very tough league the last couple of years with, with Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and the Mansfields, and Waxahachie. And, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a tough road to go for the for the Midway Panthers after winning 12 district championships in a row. And so we had heard we were probably going back south. We were, you know, hopeful for that. Uh, not taking anything away from those guys south of us and the guys that we're in where we're now, but you know it's not a, it's not Duncanville and DeSoto, and so uh, you know I think uh, you know it wasn't really any surprises, and, and obviously it was kind of you know back with some familiar foes and some guys that we've been playing, you know when I was here as a defensive coordinator, uh, you know back seven eight years ago. Yeah, well I I, I look at it and, I, and the thing with Temple is a lot of fun. Obviously, another uh, great program with wonderful history. I, I just think it's better for the fan bases. You know, I, I, you're, you, to, to travel to it, to experience that, to have the kind of the, the fun rivalries, it feels, this district feels more organic in the way things are supposed to be. Do you sense that from your your, your fan base and, and boosters and that kind of thing? Do you, have, do you already sense some excitement from them? Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know you're right on there uh, with some with some uh, you know like I said familiar teams and and teams that our kids grow up playing junior high against and you know our, our kids grow up playing uh, junior high against the Temple schools and the and the Belton schools and the, and the Coppers Cove schools so there's some familiarity there but I think you hit it uh, with the travel part you know our uh, our average travel in that old district or in the district that we're currently in now uh, you know is is 90 to 100 miles and so in this district it's it's closer to to 70 miles you know with brian being probably the furthest one out uh but you know i think the biggest thing people have to look at is is the the the, the enrollment numbers and the, the level playing field in this district that we just got put in with temple harker heights coppers cove uh huddo pflugerville weiss and brian we're the biggest school in the district with with 2557 kids and the, net, the you know the smallest school has twenty four twenty three eighty, and so the, the you know the the the, the comparison and we're all within two three hundred kids of each other, and that's that's fair. Uh, you know we're going up there playing Duncanville who has five thousand kids to our twenty five hundred, and I told somebody there's not even that big a difference between three A and five A, and so you know we we feel we feel like you know we're we're in something better suited for us, and, and the competition level is going to be great every Friday night. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fun. Shane Anderson joining us, Midway uh, head football coach. Th- this non-district uh, schedule, that's always an interesting part of this, too. A lot of times when you're gathered with different coaches from the region and that kind of thing, you can make these things happen pretty quickly. I, I noticed coaches were out there, boy, telling some of their friends in the media, putting it on Twitter. Uh, were, were your, did you have enough kind of already – on the table that it came together pretty quickly what was your uh, how was it kind of finalizing the the non-district portion of the schedule well i got pretty fortunate with that you know we uh, we, we opened up with mansfield who was in the district that we were previously in and so coach george and i we had talked and, you know we were pretty mm-hmm. sure we weren't going to be in the same league and so we kind of penciled that in if we're not together we'll play week one and then we're going to go out to ratliff stadium and play the mojo on week two uh, you know, we played them last year here, and and we wanted to, you know, take our kids out there and experience that, and and so that was that was exciting to get that one locked in, and then we ha- uh, had um, Leander Vandergriff or Austin Vandergriff um, week three. We're actually going to play them at UMHB, play a neutral game there, and Coach 
uh, Drew Sanders, and, and we had that one locked. And then the, the big question was, are you in a seven or eight team league? And so we had a good feeling we were going to be in a seven. So we started looking at, you know, I was trying to find other schools that I thought were going to be in a seven. I felt like that that Rockwall, Rockwall Heath, Tyler Legacy, Roy City District would be a seven. And uh, so went ahead and, and, and got some kind of penciled in with Rockwall Heath, and, and it worked out. They were in a seven. We're in a seven. And uh, we're able to lock those four in. You know, I think the stuff you saw on social media are those teams that, you know, got put in a five, you know, in the, in the lower classifications. Got, you know, like a LaVega or a Connolly, they got put in a five-team district. Or, you know, somebody that wasn't expecting to be in a seven got thrown in a seven. And, you know, so that was some you know, unexpected. Because if you get in seven, you got to find a fourth non-district game. If you're in a five, you got to find six non-district games. And so that's where it gets tough. But, uh, you know, we were fortunate and lucky to have ours kind of locked, and it all worked out. How about that Heath program? You've known that program because obviously uh, the the previous coach had Central Texas ties, but uh, that that's interesting. They've had the coaching change now uh, with the uh, with the retirement, but that I mean that is a uh, that's a high flying deal there, and it's a, it's an interesting yeah. with Rockwall and Rockwall Heath. Those two programs, Heath has exploded out there. You've you've seen and heard about the growth, but I mean they have. Uh, you talk about, you know, just so they'll throw it around. Of course, they've got uh, a quarterback who's already committed and everything. I, I would imagine that's going to be a great challenge, you know, heading into even though you're a uh, probably a bigger school than Heath. I'm just thinking about the, the, the classification or the amount of students. I, I would imagine that'll be a really fun challenge as you as you prepare to start district. Yeah, you know, that'll be a tough one. You know, uh, Coach Spradlin did a great job going in there. You know, he was formerly at Temple and, uh, and has some ties to, to Coach Browse, uh, you know, when he was at Baylor. And, and we know a lot of the same people. And, and Randy Clements, who's the O-line coach at North Texas now, was at – they were all at U of H together. And so we've we've got a lot of, you know, common people that we know and that, that we're friends with. And, 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 and Coach Harrell, you know, is a Stephenville guy and went to U of H and, and – got in with Sprad there and, and Coach Clem and all those guys. So I've known John for a while and was glad to see him get that job. And, you know, I'm really good friends with Russ Reeves, who's the athletic director at Rockwall ISD. And so, you know, there was some, a lot of, you know, we know each other well, like you said, and, and, you know, we're looking forward to it being a really good game for the next two years. And, you know, it's a growing area, very, very uh, good mix of kids, very similar to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're doing a great job up there and we'll, We'll have our hands full definitely that week. All right, and then off season, you know, you because of when you were hired, you know, it it, it uh, you had to kind of hit the ground running. You get a full look at this off season, and and as you start to kind of look at the team, and boy, Junior Thornton's name is one that always comes up. Uh, I know Dominique Hill uh, coming back is going to be uh, uh, give you a, a great option there running the football, but. Um, what um what what do you as you kind of uh, have have started participating in in this off season and, and getting ready for uh, spring football and all that kind of thing? What do you what will having this do you, do you feel just more on top of things a little bit than, than you did uh, having to having to come in there and and and, and kind of jump on the uh, treadmill immediately? Yeah, you know um, I think you know you hit the nail on the head. I think just having an off season and and you know we're absolutely. Uh, you know, feel a lot better about where we're at uh, than coming, you know, coming here in June. And, and, you know, there's so many things that we wanted to change or fix and, and just weren't, didn't have time to do it. We had to get the scheme implemented. And the next thing you know, it's time to go. And so, 
you know, having an off season and, and, you know, building those genuine relationships with these kids and, and this community and these parents and, and getting to know each other and, you know, putting our standard and our expectations out there. The kids are, they're doing everything we're asking them to do. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're midway kids. Midway kids have always been really, really good kids and, and they're going to buy in and, and work extremely hard and uh, they're doing everything we're asking them to do, like I said, and, and we're just excited, you know, not only to get bigger, faster, and stronger in the off season, but watch them grow as a team, watch them grow as young men, and, you know, hopefully put a lot better product on the field this next season. Well, I, I, there's no doubt. I think y'all are going to get back. Like you say, there's a standard there, and you're going to return it to it uh, quickly. I had a question. This NIL thing has become such a story. I, when you talk to your coaching buddies and everything in high school, I, I, Mac Rhodes the other day at Baylor said that people truly are now buying players. You know, this used to be something people got accused of and they shut down college programs for, and and now it's legalized. Is it – when you talk to some of your friends who, uh, you know, maybe have players that are that four- or five-star uh, level, it, it, has it in some ways already kind of turned into the Wild West? Because I'm, I'm not exactly sure this is what college – this is what the NCAA meant when they wanted NILs. That, that, that it suddenly it would have this huge an impact on recruiting. What are you hearing and, and seeing uh, on the recruiting trail? Well, it's, you know, I, you know, I personally, uh, you know, I don't think it's good for, for college football. I don't think it's good for high school recruiting. I don't think it's good for, you know, a lot of things. But at the same time, I'm not that kid getting paid 100000 or $250,000 a year. I'm sure if I was one of those four or five-star kids coming out and they were paying me that kind of money, I'd think it was a real good deal. <laughs> uh, but you know the 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 thing that the thing you know you've already seen it kind of take a take a hit on high school recruiting. Uh, you know if I'm a power five coach and I can go get a power five kid that's already you know been through two off seasons or been through an off season and is 21, 22 years old compared to 18 years old, I'm gonna go get that kid that's that's already proven. Uh, you know, and I'm not gonna mess with that 17 or 18 year old high school kid that still needs to develop. And so. You know, I think that hurts uh, from that standpoint. And then I think it also, you got to keep in mind, you know, those mid-major schools. I mean, they're paying some of these kids, Matt, more than some of the coaches on staff are making. And and, and I just think that it's it's sending a, a terrible message. And I think it's sending a, you know, a, a bad image for, for college football. And, uh, you know, you, you said it best, it's the Wild West. And I don't really know what they're going to do. Uh, you know, they're going to have to do something. Because it's 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 going to get out of control, and and you know the old adage the rich get richer, and, and that's how it's going to be, and it's going, you know, and there's there's still a lot of guys at the college level and a lot of programs, and you know using Baylor as a prime example, you know with with Mac Rhodes leading that athletic program, they're going to do things the right way, and they're going to do right by kids and 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 people, and and you know they they they're going to get behind the eight ball if 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 this continues, and it's just it's just one of those deals, and. You know, I don't like it at all, and I know most of the people that are involved, you know, don't like it either. So hopefully they can they can get a wrap on it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point you say. It's it's one we could look at it a lot of different ways to the kid who could get a six-figure deal. It's like you, you, you feel good for the people, but, but then it's like anything in life. There's going to be inequity uh, that's built into it, and uh, it's, a, it's a crazy thing to – 
to watch and see how all this is playing out. But, uh, well, listen, I, I just wanted to catch up with you, and um, I, I, I love looking at these schedules and thinking about, okay, what's going to happen on this weekend and who are they playing here. And so um, it's like you say, y'all, you you stepped into the frying pan. I mean, that is that was a monster. So, you know, this this is really going to allow you to, to – it's just a, there, there's a lot more fairness involved. So, anyway, uh, excited for you and uh, hope that you continue to have a really good off season. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for having us on, and uh, thank you for covering the Midway Panthers. Yeah, yeah, we we enjoy doing that, and uh, Midway has uh, been important to us over the years, and uh, appreciate everybody, Brad, the whole gang out there at Midway. All right, uh, there he goes, Coach Shane Anderson, uh, Midway football, Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas, got something for you, um, huge trade for the NBA, and it involved. The Dallas Mavericks, of all people. We explain that and talk a little uh, Baylor men's and women's basketball next. It's time now for the Baylor Sports Beat on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Now, here's the voice of the Bears. Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, double wins for Baylor men's and women's basketball over Kansas State. We'll give you details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now, doing his part in preparing champions for life, here's the voice of the Bears. And welcome back. It was Baylor over Kansas State times two last night. First for the 10th-ranked Baylor women playing in the Farrell Center against K-State, trying to avenge a loss in Manhattan earlier in the season. They were all over the Wildcats winning 95-50 to the final score. Baylor nearly had four players with 20 or more points for the first time in program history. Jordan Lewis led the way with 24, and Alyssa Smith had 22. Queen Agbo and Sarah Andrews had 19 apiece in the victory. The Baylor women now will host West Virginia this Saturday at 5 p.m. in the Farrell Center. Meanwhile, the Baylor men in Manhattan, Kansas, taking on Kansas State. The game was tied at 34 at halftime, but Baylor pulled away for a 15-point win, 75-60 the final score. After the game, head coach Scott Drew. Coach, congratulations. What a uh, what a great second half by you guys tonight. Well, I, I can tell you, um, first half, I, I thought there were some things that call them self-inflicted wounds, things that we just didn't execute. Uh, um, and you know what, sometimes that happens, especially you come off a, a, a game like we had against Kansas and you're a little more hesitant, maybe a little more doubtful. And uh, the good thing is uh, we were able to tie them into the half and 
I think everybody felt uh, second half if we executed, um, we could do a, we could do a much better job. And uh, I thought um, getting stops, getting out in transition. Um, John Dale really stepped up today uh, off the bench and played played tremendous for us. And uh, I thought they gave us a big lift. And that's why people ask about depth. I mean, it's not your it's not your night every night. So that's why you got to have depth. You got to have different people who can step up and make plays. And uh, um, definitely, uh, those two were huge tonight. And defensively, we were really good throughout the game. Uh, again, a couple breakdowns, but to hold them to 38%. And uh, this is a team that did one two in a row, was playing well. And um, I thought James did a good job. Uh, we were able to draw a couple fouls on Noel early, and that that affected uh, them as well. So that was huge. Scott Drew and the Bears pick up their 20th win of the season last night in Manhattan. They're 20 and 4 overall. They're 8 and 3 in Big 12 conference play, following a 75-60 win over Kansas State. Next up for the Baylor men hosting Texas Saturday morning at 11 in the Farrell Center. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly clear skies tonight with lows falling to 41 degrees. Tomorrow, a beautiful Friday. Mostly sunny, very warm. Highs topping out at 77. And then a strong cold front moves through on Saturday. That means we'll see a mix of sun and clouds. Very windy conditions and highs in the lower 50s. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time, we are joined by Josh Neighbors from the podcast Locked on Big 12. I think Chris Beard is right when he says this is life. This is what happens. Things change. I think the fans are right to be mad at him because there's arguments that Texas Tech is a better basketball situation than Texas is. I think everybody here has a claim that they're right about, and I thought it made for an awesome atmosphere. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Pro Star Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. Pro Star Rental, they make work easier. Game time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans 
Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Jeremy Giambi, former Oakland Athletic, died at his parents' house in Southern California. Giambi was 47 years old. The NFL will host a regular season game in Munich, Germany next season for the first time in its history. The NFL will have five NFL games this season played internationally. Three games played in London, one in Mexico, and now one in Germany. Number 10, Bader got back on track on the road beating Kansas State 75-60. The Bears will be at home on Saturday hosting Texas with 11 a.m. tip. Number 10 Bader women got some revenge blowing out K-State 95 to 50. The Bears will be the late game in a doubleheader at the Farrell Center on Saturday. That game against West Virginia tips at 5 o'clock. UMHB men's and women's basketball on the road today at Howard Payne. Women tip at 5.30. Men tip at 7.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas. Nice to have uh, Shane Anderson with us, coach out at Midway, and it just seems like, uh, see, you know, it just that's a to to escape, and they weren't trying to, they weren't ducking anybody, but uh, from a fairness standpoint, it is kind of crazy when you think of high schools with over five thousand students, and high, you know, being in the same district with a high school of twenty five hundred. And this just seems uh, the fairness uh, seems to be uh, a lot more. So it'll be exciting to see how Midway does, and maybe they can get back to doing what they did for a long time, which was be a, a dominant uh, high school program in Texas. And some of this uh, realignment, boy, it can really set you up for the next few years, or it can really undermine you. They were put in a very tough spot. So I think this is all good, and Midway, which is such a uh, been such a great program for years. It'll be fun to see uh, Midway back uh, up and, and rolling again. Uh, Hutto. I love that. I love Hutto being on the schedule. Aaron, do you know what the Hutto – you know what Hutto is, don't you? You know what they're called? The Hippos. Love the Hutto Hippos. One of the best names in all of high school football. So it would be good to get the Hutto Hippos on the schedule. In fact, that's the first game of district after they play – well, that would be the Hawks of Heath, the Heath Hawks, Rockwall uh, Heath, and they will throw it around the yard on you uh, at, at, uh, at uh, Heath. Appreciate Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor, and that's uh, exciting. Also, the, the Baylor Club. I'll be at the Baylor Club. Uh, there's, there's a uh, really cool Hall of Fame banquet that I'll be attending uh, on the 25th of February, and that's going to happen right there at the Baylor Club. I mean, in fact, I may, I'm going to have to be in a suit and tie. Aaron, can you imagine that? may have to just do the show right there from the Baylor Club because uh, the event starts at 6 o'clock 
that night, and that's at uh, Baylor Line Foundation, and we're excited. Baylor Line Foundation is uh, has uh, joined forces with us, and you here at the beginning of the five, at the beginning of the show, we just have some unbelievable sponsors, and I, I appreciate it so much. And we uh, they make they give us the ability to do what we do, and we appreciate it very, very much. Alan Holt and his whole crew. We'll get Alan on to make the big formal announcement. Isn't that what they say, Aaron, the uh, the Baylor on all these coaching gigs? Like, we'll make a formal announcement on on Scott Drew after the season. Wait, <laughs> what? What? I thought this deal was already done. We Yesterday we had Mac Rhodes on. Was it yesterday? It was recently. Um, or was it Tuesday? Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. And he said, you know, it's a done deal uh, on uh, on Dave Aranda. And it's, it's done, just kind of uh, – and then he said, there's no details to do. And then I saw a big headline today elsewhere, you know, saying the ink's been dry for three weeks. What are we, what are you talking about? You said it was done and the details are all done. Uh, and then now we're going to say the, uh, it's been dry for three weeks. So I think what's happened is everybody wants to kind of, I feel like we've reported um, that the Dave Aranda deal is done about three to four different times now. So apparently the ink is dry. What do you think, Aaron? Does this suggest that the ink on Scott Drew's deal just will not dry? <laughs> it's it's just it's just sitting there. I mean, my goodness! Apparently, a formal announcement will come on that at the end of the season. I know a lot of people thought that deal was already done. Apparently, not quite yet. Now, speaking of Baylor uh, basketball, uh, Coach Jacus John Jacus is going to join us tomorrow. One of the top assistants, according, uh, obviously. Jerome Tang is a great friend of our show. We had uh, Coach Brooks on <coughs> uh, recently, Alvin Brooks, and uh, Alvin Brooks the third, I should say. So it's a really good staff, and uh, love it when we have Coach Jacobs on. He'll be on with us tomorrow, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get to visit with him. Big trade went down, and, and today there was another big trade. James Harden's on the move. He's going to go to the 76ers. And Ben Simmons is headed back to the Nets. I mean, this all is really interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. But Daryl Morey, who was the longtime, he was with the Rockets and, and had uh, James Harden, and they had a great run together. He's, he's brought him back to the Sixers and moved Ben Simmons. The other big news is the Dallas Mavericks have traded Kristaps Porzingis. The unicorn, we always called him, and he was supposed to be the next big thing. He had some greatness in him with the Knicks. Never could play because he was hurt a lot. Mavs traded for him. He got an enormous deal, and it's like a max-type deal, whatever that is, $25, $30 million a year. You thought there was no way they could move off this contract. Well, they have, and... They, they've brought in Spencer uh, Dinwiddie uh, to, to play for them, and then Davis Bertans. Now, so he goes to the Wizards. Yeah, good luck, Porzingis. We enjoyed having you. You know, this was all – this came to a head in last year's playoffs when basically Rick Carlisle told Kristaps Porzingis to go stand in the corner and not bother anybody. Hey, Kristaps, here's what we're going to do with you. We don't really want to post you up. You're going to clog up the lane for Luka. So please just go stand in the corner 
and if, if we think about it, we'll throw it out to you and maybe let you shoot a three. This was a guy that was supposed to be one of the great transcendent superstars of his time. And again, at least one of those years with, with uh, the Knicks, it looked like he was the man. He was going to be part of the future. The Knicks fell in love with him. And then Kristaps Porzingis got injured, never got to play, and they were able to move him to the Mavericks. And now the Mavericks, what they have to show for that trade is basically Tim Hardaway Jr., who's injured, by the way, and trying to recover from an ACL. Now, what, what should you think about this trade? Well, you have to be happy as a Mavs fan to get a player off the books who never plays, is constantly injured. Now, the problem is you get, you get Dinwiddie and Bertans, and if you go back to 2020, you go back, uh, you know, last two or three years, those guys have missed almost as many games, maybe more even than Porzingis. So now if you go back to 2019, Dinwiddie, when he was with the, the Nets, was scoring, he scored 20 points a game, if you can believe that. Now will he ever score 20 points a game for the Mavs? No. If he could get through a season and, and play like 60 of 82 games or whatever they play these days, if he could play – 60 games in average 12, 13 points a game, you'd be okay. Could you end up moving these contracts? Perhaps. You, you could end up, these guys in, in the NBA, sometimes these, the, you, you end up packaging some of these players you get in a trade for the next deal. It's always about the next deal. What the, what the Mavericks have done is, is they can be players now, uh, perhaps in free agency, look out there, see what they can do, because they've moved this, uh, this, this huge contract that was weighing them down, it's going to get off the books. And, and that is the biggest deal. Now, Aaron, I, uh, I think you saw this. I tweeted today. I didn't know whether to be proud or concerned that my 14-year-old daughter was sending me all this, <laughs> all these, like, all this trade news from class. It's like 1.15 or 1.30 today. She's in high school. She's a freshman in high school, a uh, big-time cheerleader. And, um, and then I'm getting like, Dad, did you see this? Harden is on the move. Now, my daughter, and I don't know what this says about me because I know a lot of people don't like James Harden, but she, at a very young age, decided that the Beard was her favorite player. In fact, I took her to the Mavericks game when they are playing the Rockets. She had her Beard shirt on, and, and she was cheering him on to the point where somebody, a Mavericks fan, turned around and glared at her. Now, can you imagine glaring at like a 9- or 10-year-old cute little girl? Ridiculous. Well, they did. They did. And she was just, she had this little baby girl voice screaming for James Harden. I thought it was, I mean, I, I got a kick out of it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe it. And this woman, you know, did not like somebody hollering in her ears, apparently. But I'll never forget that, that game, Aaron, we saw – Everson Walls, the, 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 the Cowboys legend. And um, I said, Everson, who I'd gotten to know a little bit over the years, I said, Everson's my daughter. Um, this, is my, this is my daughter, Parker, and she's a, uh, James, she's a big uh, uh, James Harden fan. And, um, and he, he leaned down and said something like, there's still hope for you, honey. We're still, you know, kind of like, 
how did how had we allowed her to become a big James Harden fan? But boy, she loved the beard. I think she's kind of moved on a little bit and realized that maybe the beard. I have not, I've tried not to tell her the stories of like what the beard was known for. Some of his after his uh, late night activities. She just loved James Harden, the player, and I think the beard for a kid that huge, bushy, crazy beard was kind of fun. And uh, now he will be for the 76ers. But I, the Mavericks, I find this very interesting. And then on, on top of this, they got a deal done with uh, Finney Smith, Dorian Finney Smith, that for an extension, I think it's a four-year deal. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good deal. He is what you call a 3-and-D player because he can play. He can play great defense. He can knock down three-pointers. He's not great. He's, I mean, he'll get you 11 or 12 points a game and play really good defense. He's a huge success story. He was an undrafted player out of Florida, and, uh, and he's become a, a, a starter for the Mavs, uh, a member, uh, a rotation player, even when he's not starting. And so he is a big success story for the Mavericks. A, a, um, and I, I can't even remember where they brought in Dorian Finney-Smith. I don't think they took him straight out of college. I'm trying to think where he might have bounced around, but he's been a big. And the other one will be to see if they can keep Jalen Brunson. But the big news is uh, Porzingis is gone. And I just don't sense, Aaron, that there's anybody that broken up about it. He was, he just became one of everybody's least favorite players. It, it wasn't all fair to him. Part of it was because Rick Carlisle, the previous coach, didn't care for him. And didn't like and and Luca didn't like him. Do you think he would be gone if Luca loved him? No, you don't disappoint your superstar. But he was supposed to be the Mavericks' second superstar. There's a belief that you need two superstars to win a title. Now I don't know if that's true of like what Milwaukee just did, for instance. Giannis is a superstar. Middleton is really good. Is he a superstar? Eh, I wouldn't call him a superstar. And they went out with a nice collection of players. Drew Holiday's a great player, and they won a title. This year, Phoenix, for instance, is a great – Devin Booker has become a superstar. Chris Paul has been a superstar in the past. It, but that's – I mean, I, I, I think you can get it done, but right now it's Luka and kind of the pips. It's Luka and just some, some pretty decent dudes. I would say, Aaron, one of the, one of the best things to come out of all this crazy – COVID protocols and everybody being sick and out and hurt and all this kind of stuff is that Brunson got to play a ton of minutes. And I think what people have realized is this guy's really, really good. Like, it's not just like, oh, he, he's going to be a nice seventh or eighth guy on the team. Brunson, if you don't watch it, is going to end up getting paid huge money somewhere. And I, when I say huge money, I'm not talking about max contract, but really good money. Apparently the Pistons like him, but he's become a nice player for the Mavericks. But um, Aaron, are you? Uh, you're an NBA fan. Are you? Were you excited to to see that they uh, were able to to move off uh, uh, Porzingis? Yes, uh, he's never been healthy. He will never be healthy. I've seen ESPN graded it as an A 
for Washington and a D for Dallas, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, because they're talking about the possibility of what Porzingis can do with Bradley Bill. I'm like, he doesn't no. play. He's always injured. And they bring up the fact that Bertans has a, a bad contract. Um, it's not as bad as Porzingis, who's was a max. <laughs> and if, and if Bertans sees the floor with the spacing that the Mavericks have because of Luca and his three point shooting, which is great. Um, he's shooting, he shoots a 40% career from three points he is he's gonna light it up now he's not a great defensive player but Dimwitty is and he's Dimwitty is a good volume scorer he's not really efficient but you don't have to be with Luca and that offense so I mean I like it also it's easier to get rid of two separate bad contracts than it is one max bad contract uh-huh. I think everyone's seen that so I like it for the Cowboys yeah, the Cowboys I mean, for Bert- the Mavericks that's okay Berton's uh had he's one of those weird players that every once in a while you'll look up and he'll have like a huge game mm-hmm. and then he'll go forever without playing. And I remember him didn't did Berton spend time maybe with the Spurs for a while? I don't know. I, I just um he's he's just one of those guys that comes along every once in a while that is can be a tremendous three point shooter, has not been playing well this season. We'll see if a change of location helps. But, again, they could end up moving these players. The big news is Porzingis is gone, and now they have some room uh, to, to maybe go after somebody. The other the news NBA-wise is that uh, uh, Dragic has, is going to get bought out. They moved Dragic. I think, what did he, did he go to San Antonio? They're going to buy him out of, of that contract and, and – There'll be some teams interested, and one of those teams will be the Mavericks. And that is someone that Luka looks up to uh, as a mentor. And Dragic is still capable of giving you, like, 20 minutes and, you know, 10, 11 points a game. So it's not – it's he's not completely washed up. And I think he's someone that, uh, that would be a great locker room guy and someone that Luka would do anything to have around. So Luca would get rid of one European player he doesn't care for and have a European player that he loves. And Dragic at one point was just tremendous, I mean, in this league. He was averaging 23, 24 points a game. He's not that guy anymore, but he's still got a little bit left in the tank. All right, um, we've got some uh, parting thoughts for you in the dismount, and we will uh, talk a little bit about – uh, what uh, what both teams did last night, Baylor men and women. We'll do that in the dismount next. Scott Brew and the Bears, all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back home in the Farrell Center Saturday for a top 20 matchup with the Texas Longhorns. 10.30 a.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 11 a.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the defending Big 12 and national champion Bears the entire season with Pat and John right here on ESPN Central Texas. Whatever it is, Northern Tool can help you build it, fix it, haul it, hoist it, blast it, trim it, tow it, weld it, and, well, you get the idea. Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. Stock your shop this week at Northern Tool and Equipment. Stop in and save on floor jacks, shop seats, hand tools, chemicals, oils, and more. Shop in-store, online, or get it curbside. Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. 
It's time now for The Naked Truck, the ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity, presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, we find Amanda and Brad on a date. Oh, Amanda, will you... Brad, I'm sorry. I just can't go out with you in this truck anymore. It's just so bare. You have nothing on this truck. But I have these subs that I bought online. Online? Really? Subwoofers are just a way for a man to make up for his lack of equipment. I am going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to pick up outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad. Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to pick up outfitters? Tune in again to The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lake Ear Drive in Waco. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans Republicans across the county, they, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. Say big during the President's Day sales event at Allen Samuels. The new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L has total values of $2,000. For all first responders, get an extra $500. Shop the new car inventory for power, performance, style, and reliability today from their huge new car and truck inventory only at Allen Samuels in Waco. Now's the time to drive the amazing Jeep Grand Cherokee L you want. Come by. Let's be friends. See dealer for details. All offers have credit requirements. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Jeremy Giambi, former Oakland Athletic, died at his parents' house in Southern California. Giambi was 47 years old. The NFL will host a regular season game in Munich, Germany next season for the first time in its history. The NFL will have five NFL games this season played internationally. Three games played in London, one in Mexico, and now one in Germany. Number 10, Bader got back on track on the road beating Kansas State 75-60. The Bears will be at home on Saturday hosting Texas with with 11 a.m. tip. Number 10 Bader women got some revenge blowing out K-State 95-50. The Bears will be the late game in a doubleheader at the Farrell Center on Saturday. That game against West Virginia tips at 5 o'clock. UMHB men's and women's basketball on the road today at Howard Payne. Women tip at 5.30. Men tip at 7.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for the dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Um, we uh, wanted to, uh, as we did the dismount here, let you know of an opportunity that's happening 
the uh, Baylor Club is opening early Saturday. And so that'll be about 1 p.m. They're going to open, and that'll serve as kind of a post-game area after Baylor hopefully takes down the Longhorns on Saturday. And then it'll be a pregame for the women's basketball game. Kind of call it a tailgate, if you will. The bar and a full lunch uh, uh, menu will be available. And if you know, let me know if you've been interested in. Um, there's some great deals that they have for the Baylor Club. If you've been thinking about a membership, I bet I can get you in there uh, to try it out. And um, I would uh, love to do that, love to make that happen. But again, that is uh, for Baylor Club members and people, prospective members. If you're thinking about, I've always wanted to to try out the Baylor Club. That would be so cool because it is a great place and a great place to to have uh, banquets and all kinds of activities, to have business meetings, wonderful bar, restaurant, the whole thing, and beautiful views. Uh, check that out Saturday. And that's, uh, that's uh, I think that'll, uh, I think that would be something you would enjoy. Okay, as we get you ready for this evening, we've got... Uh, Baylor, as I was just talking about, got the Texas game at 11 a.m., and then the women will play later uh, later that day, and uh, it's going to be good. I love it. I love these doubleheader situations. I believe the women have West Virginia. They put it on West Virginia pretty badly last time they played. Last night, they put it on K-State in a big way. Had a 40-point lead at one point. That thing was ugly, like 90 to what did it end up being, Aaron? Like 90 to 48, or did they did they finally get to 50? K-State was in a bad way. That coach got a technical. They uh, he, His thought was that their 6'6 player, Aoka, and um, they call her, she has a nickname. It's, I think it's Yoki. And great player, tremendous player. But Bears just did a good job. She got in foul trouble, got called for a push, got three fouls, had to check out of the game. Never got going in that game. Finished with like eight points and six rebounds. This is a player that scored 61 points against a good OU team earlier in the season. 61 points in a game. Doesn't happen very often. Scored 32 uh, against Baylor in that victory Kansas State had against the Bears earlier in the season. In this game, Baylor got going. Did, never stepped off the gas. Everybody was hitting. Sarah had a big game. Nalissa had another huge game. Uh, Nalissa had, I think she had 22. And I, I, I was kind of going back and forth between the games. But in all honesty, the women were burying Kansas State. So I was a little more interested in the men because it was more of a competitive game. But fortunately, the, the men pulled away from K-State. And ended up winning that thing 75-60. to 60. Jonathan Chamwachachua, tremendous game. I thought it was appropriate late in the game that he got to pull up and shoot from three. He deserved that opportunity. And actually, when he shot the three, he shot the three ball okay this year. It's not something he does a lot of. He looks confident when he does it. His form looks really good. But what he does is go down low, bang around, I mean, they have, K-State has a couple of players that are okay inside, and they were just bouncing off of him. They had no chance. Masood is one of their players. 
Trying to remember the other guy, Hawkins, maybe. They had no chance. He's just throwing people around, getting rebounds, and he's really become a nice finisher. He's got good moves, and he's just got good touch around the rim. That was a great game. Everyday John was uh, was wonderful. And then, Aaron, you probably saw, I, I commented on the fact that um, ESPN, not just ESPN, but they're, they're – not sending some of their announcers to the they're do, making them do it remotely and of course what who suffers is the uh, the viewers the fans the people who watch these games because they don't they're not there to see the officials and, and get the proper read and it's just frustrating and and some people uh, Reed Geddes who I love for Fishlamma Jamma he did not like that uh, tweet I had he he thought I was maybe commenting about the announcers. I, I obviously, in my mind, wasn't. I thought uh, Ted Emmerich did a great job last night with Brendan Manger. All right, we got to go. We got to go. I'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Good night, everybody. This is the Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference basketball. Now, here's the voice of the Bears. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 basketball on today's Spectrum Big 12 shoot-around. Coming up, we'll look at the women's side of the Big 12 conference with four games complete last night and a real log jam at the top of the standings. Details straight ahead on today's Spectrum Big 12 shoot-around. Hey, folks, John Morris for the